honestly, as my boys are getting older, I am realizing how much healthier it is the more I release the control over their becoming and the more I settle into my own becoming. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Many Christians are stuck in an in-between space of trying to do too much or too little. What we call purpose or vocation or calling can seem elusive, but God's assignment for each of our lives has distinguishable boundaries that encourage us to live according to His will. These boundaries are what Heather McFadian is here to help people discover in her new book, Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. On today's episode, Heather answers questions such as, What do we do when life doesn't look the way we expect? Or how do we handle change as it relates to career, marriage, parenting, and more? Or why striving for purpose doesn't always lead us to the right purpose, how to better understand God's assignment for our lives, and more. As always with the bonus episodes, I do preface these episodes by saying if you are new around here, I release these bonus episodes that may serve a niche part of my audience. I have listeners of all faith backgrounds that listen to the podcast, and this episode is specifically coming from a Christian perspective. So if that is something that doesn't fit what you're looking for, check out the other episode that dropped this week with Dr. Rena Bliss about rethinking intelligence. I've actually heard a ton of great feedback on this one, so go check that one out if you haven't yet. Or join me back here next Tuesday for a conversation that you don't want to miss. All right, let's get into this conversation with Heather. Heather, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Oh, thank you, Diane, for having me. I'm thrilled to be with your people. Thank you. Yes, I have listened to you. I mean, how long have you been podcasting? I can't remember. It's a long time, uh, since 2013. So I'm coming up on 10 years. I was going to say, I feel like I started listening to your podcast in the early days of motherhood. So it was around 2014 that I probably started listening. And I mean, I consistently was listening to you. You were like a friend in my car, in my ear, uh, in my box. So it's really exciting to have you here. I'll let you introduce yourself and we'll get started on our topic. Yeah. So I am married to Bruce and I, we've are celebrating 24 years coming up uh, of marriage. And then I have four boys that are ages 11 to 17. So pray for me. This is like hard. (laughs) These teen years are about to do me in. Um, I could cry at any moment, but, uh, and then I have the podcast don't mom alone, which I'm clinging to even more so. And I have a book don't mom alone and a new book coming out called right where you belong. Yes. And that's what you're here to talk to us about today. Your new book, Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. I want to just jump right in. And what prompted you to write this one? So actually, when I pitched, you know, in the whole book writing process, you write a proposal. And I actually pitched this book first. And I was going to call it The the Good Place was my title, my working title. And several publishers asked, why are you not writing Don't Mom Alone? That's the obvious choice, right? You already have a brand, you already have an audience. And it just didn't, it felt too obvious to me. Like it felt too obvious and not interesting. And so I was pushing back on that. And then I actually applied the framework that's in this book and really felt led to write 
the Don't Mom Alone book first. Hmm. And I made that choice in the fall of 2019. None of us knew, obviously, what was coming spring of 2020 and that the entire world would get to experience isolation. And I was writing this book to moms to avoid these isolating ideas that keep us out of community. And so anyway, the timing was great. And then because I launched that book and immediately needed to turn in the manuscript for this next one, it was a gift that I had already processed it. I'd already written out the proposal, you know, and written sample chapters. And so I wrote it in like two and a half months and it all just came out. So what motivated me to write like this idea Mm-hmm. came from a tweet that okay. I saw. I saw this tweet. People try to define humility or this concept of being humble. Like you want to be around humble people, people mm-hmm. who don't think too much of themselves. But this definition was different than I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. It said uh, the original, probably Hebrew expanded what rabbis would teach their students was to fully occupy your God-given space. And the humility comes from recognizing, oh, there's some divine or something outside of me that has allotted me in this time in history Mm -hmm. on this place in the planet Mm -hmm. with this unique set of gifts and interests with my own experiences. And the best thing I can do, the most humble way to live is to really embrace those and step into that. And that might look like a big stage for some people. And that might be changing diapers today on a Tuesday or whatever day it is. I don't even know. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what day? <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. It just helped clarify for me that this nebulous concept of your calling or like, what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? It simplified it to, oh, it's like doing the thing right in front of me and trusting that that's enough and the ripple effects that I have on the people around me, I'll never see sometimes, but just like leaning into that. And am I stewarding what I have? Focusing on your own thoughts and your own emotions and your own stuff. I know you are like talking to moms about their stuff. Yeah. That can occupy a lot of your time, all of your time and your energy. Yeah. And I don't want time and energy and effort placed in the wrong places. I mean, for lack of a better word, because you're right. How am I to fulfill the things that I really need to follow through with and carry on with and carry out if I am, I guess, wasting time in other places that are totally tedious and unnecessary. They don't need to be there in the first place. And so I always say that that's why I want my house decluttered. And I'm going through a massive process right now where I like I'm nesting and I'm not pregnant, but, <laughs> but what's my point in talking about this? I guess just talking about the effort placed in the things that you're right. It's harder to come into what God has given us. If we are so focused and hyper-focused sometimes too, on things that are just not worthy of of our time. But I want to talk about clarity because I think that can be hard to discover or to hear or to know where are the places we're supposed to occupy. I have a friend and she was starting to have health issues and she was like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, I don't know. Is that actually related? And so for her, it's like, where is your clarity? Am I supposed to look to the health issues as, oh, I shouldn't be doing this because they are, they started to come back when I started doing this again, or 
is this my ministry? I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? It's hard to be certain. So what would you say? Well, I think it even connects with your example of the stuff in -hmm. your home and Mm -hmm. how some things aren't working for you anymore. I think it's okay to have this hand open posture of like, we are in transition. We are in growth. We are moving and changing and some things don't work for us. And that editing of that for a lot of people. And I I don't know if this is true for you because we're just meeting. But for me, I have this fear of missing out. And for me, I had to do the work to recognize, oh, a lot of the anxiety I'm feeling or the lot of the the reason I'm saying yes to things or literal things, (laughs) the reason I'm saying yes to that cute pillow or yes to that opportunity is I'm afraid if I say no, I'm going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Or for me, I'm going to miss out on connection or on uh, someone's approval or my hustling to succeed. And so I think for each person and for this friend or and whatever conundrum you're in on, do I keep doing this or do I let it go? What's the chicken or the egg? Is, is this thing causing this to be a problem? Mm-hmm. Is to really get curious about your thought process. Mm -hmm. And if you are considering letting something go that you've always been doing, ask yourself, why am I feeling like I need to let this go right now? Is Mm -hmm. it because I think I can't do it to the level of quality that I've always held myself to? And if I don't do it to that quality, then people won't listen and then I'll be rejected and I'm fearing rejection. Mm -hmm. Is it, I really need to care for myself And in this season, my assignment right now is Mm -hmm. to care for my body and to not do this thing that's taking a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Is this thing causing me to be sick because I'm putting myself out there and I'm worried about what I'm saying and that I need to get some like outside therapy or help to figure out why that anxiety is causing me physical harm. You know what I mean? Like what I love about this concept of figuring out your space and if you're filling it, it is such an individualized work where you are doing the digging with trusted people or with a professional or whatever religion or thing, spirituality you have to do the work for yourself to say, okay, what is my space right now? What am I being assigned right now? And am I occupying it fully? Am I stewarding it well? Am I spending too much time and energy and attention on other people's spaces? Because that's what I find, especially with moms. When we want to talk about simplifying, being a minimalist, Mm -hmm. spend less time judging your friends and focus your energy on your own mental health and your own things that you can control, which is really only yourself, Mm -hmm. not even your kids. Like, are you getting into your kids' hoops and you're telling them how they should talk and you're telling them how they should act? And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was talking to someone about JOMO. So it's the joy of missing out. And so if we just switch that voice in our head, those thoughts in our head to something that is positive as opposed to negative and thinking of the fear thinking about the joy we have from saying yes to something and no to something else. So if it is 
friends going out and we don't have the opportunity to go out, think about the rest you may be getting at home or choose to, if you have to, you don't have a babysitter and your husband's working late. It's like, maybe tonight I can't go out with my friends. I'm going to miss that connectivity with them. However, I'm going to use this time to take a bath, to read the book I've been wanting to do read after my kids are in bed. And I'm seeing the joy in that. And so I think just flipping that switch in our head It just has such a positive effect on us. But also you do write about social media and comparison, which I talk about a lot as well, and wanting our lives to look different and going back to what you're saying and having God speaking to us and allowing us to be individuals and using our experiences. How do we zone out and stay into our own lanes? How do you do this? How how should we do this? I think I had to get to this point for me personally of when a thought would come up, like you were saying that I'm missing out or is this enough or I'm falling short. Yeah. I really, it had to be a moment of saying, am I in the middle of, for me, God's will, Hmm. which is a really big question, Mm -hmm. like centuries old. And how I figure out if I am is to do this work and really narrow in on this framework of, okay, time. I cannot physically do that with the time I'm allotted. Mm-hmm. When I had young kids at home, there were certain things I just could not do. Yeah, I cannot physically be in two places at once. That's really obvious. Mm-hmm. If I look at my calendar and at five o'clock, I have something and a friend says, can you do this at five o'clock? It's very clear. That yeah. is not for me. And I could be sad. I'm allowed to be sad. We don't recognize there is the physical time, but there's the mental time that we are so cluttered by. I mean, I was interacting with someone. They're like, I just think people are lazy and they're thinking. And I'm like, I don't think they're lazy. I think their brains are full and they're fully distracted. And so I think for me, I have to even mute the social media. Like you were saying, how does that play in? to take a day off. I set timers on my social media and it lets me know you've spent more than an hour today here. And that's my own boundary lines of time, but not just physical time. I'm on it. Mm -hmm. Mental energy that's Mm -hmm. comparing and feeling less than instead of look who I am with right now. I can only in one millisecond be in one place. And is my brain thinking about a future thing, a past thing? How can I be fully present where I am? I do want to talk about those four boundaries you have in your book. So time. And then what are the other three place? And that could be a physical, like where your two feet are, your neighborhood, your city, your state, whatever you could talk, you could keep going bigger. It's also place like position, um, work roles. I think some people really have to dig into their need for significance and that is not wrong to say you need a significant role. It's just be aware of it. Name it. I need to be doing something in my life that's significant. What is that thing? Because if you don't name it and you don't make that a priority, you will try to take other things and make them significant. You will try, if it's your kids, you'll try to make trophy children. If it's, uh, you're even, you know, whatever organization you're a part of, you'll make that like figure out yourself and figure out how that plays into place. Your wiring and your giftedness. Um, I think that Gen Z and millennial generations are better at this than probably 
my generation and my parents, but really knowing how you're made, recognizing that possibly the thing that you're really great at was labeled negatively in your past, or you're discounting it as important because it comes so easily. I see that with friends, like I'll compliment them or I'll go to them for a certain thing. And it's so easy for them that they don't see it as valuable. Mm, So yeah. So consider what are your friends constantly coming to you for and own that. That's part of this space that you've been given. And then your experiences, positive and negative. Again, the younger generations are better at embracing the hard parts of their story. Moms are better at sharing when there's been miscarriages or Mm. hard marriages or infidelity, but also positive parts of your story. If your parents were super loving and kind, encourage that mom who didn't grow up with that, that it's possible, Mm -hmm. you know, share those stories with them. I think that that is just as important as walking through hard things with people. You can hold out hope to someone who never had that experience, never had a loving father. And you can even invite that friend into your world and have them join you for Thanksgiving so they can see that. I just, it's part of your space and don't just consider the hard things as part of your space. The great things are part of it. I do love that this is like a decluttering of the mind, so to speak. Yeah, the mind is something that we're constantly working on as we grow. And as you're right, all these things are changing and it ebbs and flows. So I'm wondering, though, I want a specific example from you. You did say that you saw this tweet during COVID. In what ways did you have to embrace the space that you were in? Because I will say as a podcaster, I'm just being honest. I think sometimes I'm like, what am I doing does this have value? Should I even be doing this? It does take me away from homeschooling and my family in some ways at this point, because the platform has grown. And so I second guess myself and I'm sure that people are listening. Not everyone is a podcaster that's listening, but fill in the blank. It, things take us away from our family and it, yeah, you're like, this seems to be the space God, or this just seems to be the space. And you have that clarity and that certainty, but you still have this guilt. Do you think the guilt would be there if it were your space? Oh, I totally can relate. I start the okay. book with an example of wondering, should I have stuck with speech pathology instead of moving into podcasting and writing books? Like I thought I was making more money than I was. Is <laughs> the actual like on paper success? I was not as successful as I thought I was. And then there is a chapter I talk about. I can be working through all these boundary lines, be really sure that this is my space. And yet if it takes time away from family, I start to wonder. And honestly, as my boys are getting older, I am realizing how much healthier it is the more I release the control over their becoming and the more I settle into my own becoming. And so the the mental games of like, I'm feeling guilt. I almost quit last, was it July of 2021? because I went to a conference and it was full of podcasters who were interviewing the same people I interviewed. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is such a waste of my life. Anybody could be doing a podcast. Obviously they are. Mm -hmm. And a friend actually texted me a day later. She said, okay, I don't get, this doesn't happen often, but I had a dream last night and I think it's for you. You were in this like whole foods kind of store And all these women were coming in and you were kind of like directing them to the different 
departments and teaching them how to make different foods with what they were getting. And they were all leaving with these carts full of really healthy groceries and smiling. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I had already kind of been leaning towards this way, but she gave me the words. It's like, serve the people in the store. I may not have the biggest podcast on the block. There may be other people who have podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I do have people listening. Mm -hmm. And it helped me focus like steward the space I've given you. I have directed you to do this. You're using your gifts and your experiences. And there are people coming. Mm-hmm. Serve them well. Don't worry about all the other things. And so that was that was the clarity I needed personally. And I just think everybody's on their own journey of figuring out what that looks like for them. Yeah. I mean, I can absolutely relate. It's hard for me because the podcast is a great deal of my life at this point. And so it's hard not to use examples from that. But I know they're probably not super relatable for people listening. So I'm trying to figure out other I'm trying to think of other examples. Well, I've seen like moms who, okay, this mom believes the absolute best way to mother is to be the room mom. Mm -hmm. And then she sees this other mom who believes playing tennis for a majority of her days is the way she feels like that's her space. And then this mom really loves her CEO job. The problem isn't that these moms have these different spaces. Mm -hmm. It's how we treat each other because of the different spaces or how you live your experience. If you are in the CEO position and you're longing to be the tennis mom or you're the tennis mom and you long to be the room mom or you're the room mom and you're bitter that you're not the others, that I don't feel like is occupying our space well. Know how you are wired, own it, fill it and stop worrying about what other people are choosing to do with their spaces. Well, and the thing is, this is what I keep coming back to because you're right. Podcasting you've been in it since its inception. I feel like when people started listening, not to like, I'm not saying that in a negative way. <laughs> no, it feels like yeah. since the, uh, the dark ages. Yes. Yeah. Of the internet. Yeah. And I jumped in in 2015, no, 2016, 15 or 16. So I've been doing this for quite some time. And you know, there are people that probably do it better than me, but people want to listen to Diane and people want to listen to Heather. And if they don't want to, they'll go to the other ones that are interviewing the same people we do. But I think that's okay. And I had to take my ego out of it, but I want them all to listen and just be like, just be confident in the fact that there are people listening. And to me, that's worthwhile. I'll keep producing as long as people keep showing up. And again, fill in the blank listeners for your own circumstances, but just keep showing up. If people are coming, this is a, an honor to get to continue to do this. Yep. Serve the people in the store, whatever your store is. Yeah. If your store is the kitchen table, if your store is, is uh, the lunch line at school, like, Mm-hmm. What's your store and and how are you showing up? Because a big part of this too is filling it. Yeah. So that goes back to our minimalist thinking or the distractions or mm-hmm. the things that are stealing our fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Like all of that comparison steals our fruit. It takes mental energy mm-hmm. to compare and contrast and feel like, am I doing enough? Why mm-hmm. aren't more people listening? If all that energy went into just doing your job better or well, just showing yeah. up, like how much cleaner would our hearts and minds be if we let go of the distractions and just filled it with what we can do? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any final word of encouragement you'd like to leave with the listeners or what do you want them to take away from your book? Well, I think 
finally is maybe you don't know what your space is. And maybe those four boundary lines helped you kind of, I think when I talk about it with people, Mm -hmm. something usually pops into their head and then maybe they're like, okay, am I filling it? Am I letting other things distract me? And so then that's another piece. But I think the last piece is really, you might know, and you might know how to fill it, but you're just waiting on someone to give you permission whether that's writing your first novel or it's publishing a blog post, or maybe it's, it is signing up for something, or maybe it's just being like, maybe it's a step in what the world would say is a step back. And you're like going opposite of the cultural norms. And I just want to give you permission to do that thing or not do that thing, or to just be, I oftentimes we look to those around us for permission or to the cultural norms and And I mean, you're not a cultural norm person. I can tell you're just going to do your thing, but there's a lot of people out there who do need permission. And I just want to give that to you. It's enough. Mm -hmm. It's enough. Well, where can they grab a copy of your new book and connect with you online if they want to do so? Wherever books are sold, right where you belong is the name of the book. And yeah, you can connect with me at don't mom alone on Instagram. Uh, HeatherMcFadden.com is my website. Love to connect with you. Perfect. Well, I didn't prompt you for this. I ask every guest two questions. And the first one is what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share and recommend to the listeners? Oh man, I am a big fan of recovery. There is a recovery book, 12 step book called steps into God's grace that I would highly recommend or steps into grace or your local AA celebrate recovery program. I would highly recommend if you want to do some real decluttering of your heart, mind, and soul, figure out the patterns of thinking, feeling, and doing. That's the way to do it. Goodness. I don't know if I have the time to go through that. I don't know if I don't not have the time to do that though, too. You know, I'm just saying that's been the biggest step is we always think, oh, that's for those who are addicted or um, we're all, we all have patterns of coping that are not working for us. There's a pattern in our relationships and to do that in a safe community has been huge for me to be able to process and know what I'm thinking and feeling in a given moment is mm-hmm. transformational. All right. Well, the last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be anything. This can be something okay. fun and silly, a show, a food that you love, whatever you want to share. Okay. Current fave is sumo oranges. Do you know about these? No. Oh my gosh. Big the sumo? They're kind of expensive. I wasn't expecting how expensive, but it's like a clementine, but giant. So they're oh. really easy to peel and super sweet. And oh. they're out right now. So I got mine at Kroger. I saw some at Tom Thumb. I, you're in Ohio. I don't know. Myers. Yeah. I don't know what y'all have up there now. They're not really pretty. They uh-huh. kind of look kind of bumpy, but delicious. I'm telling you, I almost didn't let my sons try them because I want to keep them all for myself. I love them. I'll have to get some at the grocery store. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I really hope that people pick up a copy of your book and I appreciate you coming on to share it with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Honored. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. 
If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.